0: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of South Side Stories. My name is Jess. I'm your host. And the purpose of the podcast is to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And I truly appreciate you for listening. I give all glory to God for allowing me to make this podcast. Finding Home, my Wiley College story. Receiving an acceptance letter instantly changed my bored mindset into the most exciting moments of my life. After five years, I graduated from high school, but without any concrete goals or plans. My two best friends, Ahmed and Norwood, who graduated on time in the year before me, were already on their path toward achieving their goals. Sadly, Other than graduating, my major concern was my girlfriend because she too was university bound. Checking the mailbox every day in late July and still after all my application and fees, I had nothing. My memories are rich when I think about Wiley College. I can easily spend hours reminiscing It was a warm summer, August day in 1969, that I received that acceptance letter. My prayers were answered. God intervened in my life one day when walking home from school, seeing a man on the corner from afar. I would learn his name as Mr. Johnson. He was talking to kids. My curiosity placed me in such close proximity that as I passed him, he could easily speak to me. He asked, son, you wanna go to college? Probably showing no hesitation, I said, yes. He told me about Wiley College while giving, giving me some printed information on how to contact the school though the rest is history. It was God answering prayers, answering my prayers. Seated by the window aboard a train that was headed to Marshall, Texas, the smile on my mother's face showed her happiness, yet the hand over her heart showed her concern. I was her baby, and as I think about it now, my leaving probably had a greater effect on her. God, I'm sure, was answering her prayers too. And as the train pulled away from the station, we, my mother, my sister, and I, were losing our struggle to hold back our tears. I'm sure my father was filled with emotion too, but he just silently wished me well. He didn't even wave. My dad worked hard growing up, the eldest son of a sharecropper. He picked cotton. He said, to be successful son, you have to work hard. You have to outwork everybody, outwork everybody. His words resonate even today with me, but my mother, she also believed in education. Years before we took a trip to Los Angeles aboard Santa Fe's El Capitan. Cross country from a train's window was like sitting in the front seat at the movies. Westward to Los Angeles was carved through and around mountains. This trip south though was equally as entertaining Though it was a local train with every stop people getting on and getting off, it exposed me to different ethnicities and lifestyles that were far different from what I had seen in Chicago. A goat, for example, casually strolled the aisle unafraid. He stopped, slowly chewing. He looked at me. He slowed his, he slowed his chew. And then he looked at me, wondering, as if to say, do I know you? He chewed again, nodded, and then he moved on. (laughs) Laughing while taking it all in, it came to me that that goat and I had something in common. This train ride was definitely not his first train ride, nor mine, but it was my first time traveling alone. And while the goat may have wondered whether he knew me, I wondered if goats needed tickets. <laughs> Hearing Cloud nine, by the temptations blasting from the jukebox in the refectory, is a memory permanently wired in my mind. It reminded me of home, my friends. But at Wiley, I felt free, free like I had never felt before. I mean, I have a great family, but my experiences at Wiley were different from the experience I had at home. My dad always told me what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Wiley allowed me to make my own decisions. One of my most important lessons that has lasted me a lifetime is that freedom is not free. It comes with a price. My price was to attend classes, do the assigned work, and be a good citizen. This was explained to me at my probation meeting. The or else component was reiterated, ensuring that I clearly understood the consequences. We never had to have a meeting again. Slowly acclimating into campus life, I wanted to know more about Wiley. Some information came by word of of mouth, while some came from touring the library, where a lot of Wiley's photographs and trophies are on display. William Porter from Marshall, and he lived right across the street from Cole Hall, where I was staying, became my friend, and our friendship was seamless from the very start. We shared many good times, and then we went on seminary recruitment tours. Oh, we had a ball. His knowledge of Wiley and Marshall was excellent, which helped me to better understand my professors, college life, and even Marshall. Our friendship would Rest in peace, William David Porter. But how did Wiley get here? The British philosopher James Allen said in his book, as a man thinketh, everything that has ever been created by man began first with a single thought. Wiley's gestation into existence was relatively short. Established just 87 years after the signing of the U.S. Constitution, thereby making Wiley College an integral part of the fabric of America, a beacon for other colleges and HBCUs, historically Black colleges and universities. The annual pilgrimage to Wiley by its alumni Happens twice, Founders Day and Homecoming. And it's a great time to meet fellow alums, renew old friendships, handle alumni business, laugh, reflect, enjoy a basketball game, and even more. We'll eat well and for sure party. And this year is special. Wiley turns 150. My friend, Norwood, not an alum, but a good friend, reminds me regularly that we are all here by God's loving grace. And with all respect, I wanted more tangible evidence of God's loving grace. If possible, from a more historical perspective for the story. Is there such a thing as a blueprint? Well, my curiosity led me to the other evidence I was seeking. Cheney State University in Pennsylvania, the HBCU blueprint. Its founder, a Quaker, donated the land, built the school to educate young slaves. When he rec- then he recruited fellow Quakers to commit to keeping its doors open. Cheney State University became a part of the Pennsylvania State University system in 1983, although it was originally founded in 1837 as the uh, as the African Institute. It's had several names since, but it's still the first black university. It is truly God's loving grace that they have endured Think about the message that Cheney State University sent out into the world. Defying the spoken and written laws of the South that mandated and were enforced that blacks and slaves remain uneducated. When I say blacks, I mean freed blacks. The consequences for such actions and betrayals being death for both the student and the teacher. Courageous people performing outstanding feats of bravery in the face of danger breathe hope hope into the hearts and minds of many. Cheney State University not only demonstrates a fierce determination to survive, but it also symbolizes the power of love. So what's an HBCU? An HBCU is an institution that was established prior to 1964. Its mission was to educate blacks in times of segregation. Research shows the number of HBCUs being between 99 to 107 colleges in the United States. And it was clear that the breath of love flow through the hearts and minds of Bishop Isaac Wiley and the Methodist Episcopal Church for their compassion to educate was undying. In the South, the standard by most was to dehumanize people of color and slaves. Southern whites and many Northern whites had become so comfortable seeing these horrendous acts and doing some of these horrendous acts of violence that such humane treatment became justifiably palatable by perpetuating the myth that people of color, particularly blacks and slaves, were less than animals, even less than a rabid dog. This was more than enough reason to fuel the passion to fully commit Bishop Wiley. He knew the value of education, He knew what needed to be done. Every action starts with a thought. Bishop Wiley and the Methodist Episcopal Church first thoughts had to have been love and secondly believing that all men were created equal. Wiley was established in 1873. Wiley University's Survival depended on the government's assistance. Still, by 1888, buildings were built and enrollment soared to 160 students, thereby becoming the first black college west of the Mississippi. But Wiley needed help, and that help came from the Freedmen Aid Society Wiley was certified in 1882. But who is the Freedmen Aid Society? The Freedmen Aid Society is an organization, or was an organization, founded in 1859 during the Civil War. They were American missionaries, primarily northern church leaders and abolitionists. The Freedmen Aid Society was set up to train and supply northern teachers to go into the south and educate freedmen and former slaves into school. 500 such schools and colleges were established after the war. Their goal was to help freedmen and women gain work as teachers, nurses, and other professions. But the Freedmen Society also needed help. I wonder how often these words were spoken. If God is for us, who can be against us? See, President Lincoln finally realized that the slaves had to be free in order to win the Civil War. And then he's assassinated. Owning a racist, apathetic attitude toward enslaved people, Vice President Andrew Johnson ascends to the presidency. His mindless efforts to reconstruct the South without the aid of Congress, giving power back to the Southern aristocracy, enraged Congress, retarding Lincoln's plan for reconstruction. Congress overrides Johnson's second veto, of the Freedmen Aid Society, giving life to the Freedmen Aid Society. The thought of a Wiley University in the minds of its founders became a reality. With the tenacity of a feral domestic cat, Wiley University became a wild cat. Wiley was first established south of Marshall but to, due to racial tension, Jim Crow laws, the decision was made to move Wiley closer to Marshall on a 55 acre plot of wooded land. For the next 23 years, Wiley kept its doors open, erecting five buildings under the good leadership of Wiley's first five presidents who were white. God's grace again is present as they persevered and stayed the course. With humility and purpose, Wiley grew. And in 1888, H.B. Pemberton was Wiley's first graduate. We're going to stop right here, folks. Wiley's history will require more than one episode. I hope you're enjoying this because I'm enjoying sharing it with you. So, Until the next time, I wish you peace and love. Please be safe. Later.